Hello, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, Healing Trauma with Respect to Our Duality. Today, I want to discuss the concept of rest and meditation and actually taking time to heal your body. Um, this is something that's come up in several conversations lately. It's something that's come up a lot in my life. Um, I recently got injured again, which really sucks. I hate being injured more than anything, especially because it was one of my knees. I was walking down my stairs and I fell and I hurt my knee. And I walk a lot at my job. So not having mobility is a really difficult thing for me. And taking time to rest is really difficult for me as well. So this concept is something that I struggle with. And it's something that I've noticed a lot of people struggle with, especially in today's fast paced worlds. You know, we're not meant to be go, 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 go constantly. But when we're forced to be that way, it's really hard to actually take the time to rest and to allow ourselves to rest and include that in our productivity. Um, and so often we feel guilty for taking time to, to actually sit. Not to take away from anyone else's struggle, but as a mother, I know that I feel extremely guilty. I feel that mom guilt really hard when I actually take time to sit and, and rest and heal and do nothing. It's really hard to do, especially, you know, if there's a sink full of dishes, if there's a lot of stuff to do, it is hard to just take time and sit. And, you know, in dealing with a physical injury now, I have to take time to sit, which I hate to sit. If anybody knows me, they know I don't like sitting. I had a roommate who hated it when my brother would come over to work with me because him and I would pace back and forth, but we would cross each other. And she said it was like dealing with caged panthers um, just because we'd both be pacing back and forth across the room while we're talking to each other. And for us, that was completely normal. We used to, you know, walk and walk and walk and just talk all night long and, and take these long walks. And that's completely normal for him and I to do. But, you know, for her, when we were in an enclosed space, it would give her anxiety. And so um, being physically enabled to get up and do things is something that I've always really struggled with. And I have a really hard time forcing myself to sit um, and with my knee injury just this last couple of weeks, I've had to sit down and force myself to sit and do nothing and just let myself heal. Otherwise I'm never going to heal. And it's going to take a million times longer to get to the places I want to be. The same thing goes for healing emotionally, just because you can't see the injury, just because you can't feel it doesn't mean it's not there. Sometimes you're just exhausted. Um, someone I work with recently was also injured and, you know, they're kind of going through a healing process and now my, my injury is, is bothering me. And they gave me some really good advice the other day. I was telling them, you know, I'm probably at about, you know, 60% in the morning and, you know, a little bit better in the evening. And, and, and they told me, you know, if you're only feeling 30% in the morning, set 30% goals for yourself all day. That way, if you, if you exceed them, that's great. But if not, you're not disappointed in yourself. It goes the same way with emotional healing. If you're only feeling 30%, set 30% goals for yourself. If you start your day out frazzled, don't pack your day full of shit that you don't necessarily have to do. That's a choice that you can make to control your environment and to make it so that you're living a life that's going to be more peaceful. If you're taking on more than you can chew constantly, you're constantly going to be overwhelmed. But if you set goals for yourself that are realistic throughout the day, you're going to stop being so disappointed in yourself because you're going to actually accomplish the goals that you set for yourself. You're going to actually set realistic expectations, which is something that we don't do as a trauma survivor. And I think that's because respecting our own boundaries and our own limitations 
is hard to do because we've allowed everybody else to walk all over our boundaries for a long time. We don't know where they are. We have a hard time acknowledging where our boundaries lie. So that's where meditation comes in. When you can take the time to actually sit and focus on your feelings and take the time to figure out who you are and and what you feel and what you like and what you don't like, the more you get to know yourself that way, the easier it is to read your own availability and to set limitations for yourself that are realistic and that you're actually going to stick to. It's respecting your own boundaries. But learning to meditate is really hard, especially you know when you do have symptoms of a trauma survivor that very much mimic ADHD. Or if you don't know how to meditate, if you don't know how to sit and take that time to rest, how do you do that? Plus, who has time to do that? So today I want to discuss a few different ways that you can do quick meditations throughout the day. And I want to discuss the different types of meditation and why it's important to explore different types of meditation and why you shouldn't just try one thing and expect that one thing to work all the time because we're different every single day. And expecting the same practice to work every single day when your energy levels are going to be at a different level every single day, that's not going to work out. So with me being the super... ADD person that I am, I have found certain ways that I can take moments here and there to meditate. And there are so many out there. I've done a lot of research in meditation in many different cultures, and there's a lot of different ways that you can meditate. Finding what works for you is an extremely important thing. For me, sitting still for a long period of time doesn't work, but for another person, that might be exactly what they need is to just sit still for a really, really long time. Everybody has to find what's going to work for them, which is why I highly suggest individual research. I'm going to give a few tips and tricks here, but there's so much information out there. We live in a world where we have so much of the world's information in our pocket, more than any other generation has ever had, and we should use it to our advantage. It'll help us in our healing journey to just constantly be learning. Um, So take time and research meditation techniques. You can try the ones that I'm going to give you today. I'll post again and give more throughout, you know, the, the time frame that I do this podcast, just because I'm constantly learning new things and I'm constantly evolving and changing the way I do things. So the first meditation technique I found is one that helps me when my anxiety is really high. And I find that when I'm triggered, my anxiety goes up. I, I don't eat much. I can't sit still. I get almost manic in the way that I need to get things done to the point where I punish myself when I need to rest. And I struggle to not feel guilty if I take a moment to sit down because, of, oh, there's so much more I could be doing. But that's the thing. There's always more you could be doing. I read a quote online the other day that said, she gave herself permission to rest. It occurred to her that since her to-do list would never end, she may as well take purposeful breaks along the way. Um, I love that because purposeful breaks are necessary. Taking the time to plan your rest, if you need to do that, that's wonderful. So what I like to do is I like to use music for my meditation. So if I'm having a day where I wake up and my anxiety is just through the roof and I start my day off just knowing I'm stressed, knowing it's going to be a hard day, my brain's running a million miles an hour the second my eyes open, I take a moment and I listen to three songs. The first song I listen to is to set the mood. While I listen to it, I close my eyes and I picture myself in my safe space. Now for me, my safe space is in the woods, alone, surrounded by the fae, enjoying a spiritual moment 
with the sun around me, water rushing past me, fairies flying around me, knowing that I'm surrounded by peace and love. It's a place I saw on the other side, and I enjoy going there for my safe space. So I take that first song to sit myself in the safe space, and that gives me like three minutes of just peace and tranquility. Now the next song I use to set my intentions for the day. So when my anxiety is high, maybe that's just setting a to-do list and going through, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, but that can wait for tomorrow. Going through and saying, I don't have enough energy for this and I don't have enough energy for this. Taking things off your list that aren't necessary and putting things on there that are. That way you can make sure you get the ones that you need to do done first and anything else is just gravy. Then the third song is for vibration. I have a few songs that I like. Um, I like a few different Norwegian bands that have these really deep vibrational music. And when I listen to them, it takes me to just like with it, they have this like really low, deep, throbbing beat. And the way that it it hits my ears and my chest, I just, I feel it. And I, I sit there and I listen to it and I try to melt into the vibration. Now with those three songs, I've taken 15 minutes out of my day. I woke up 15 minutes earlier and instead of hitting the snooze button, I got up and I did my meditation. Now with that 15 minutes, I set my intentions for the entire day and I decided I'm going to have a good day. With those vibrations, I manifest that good day forward. And usually that helps me get my mindset in the right spot. You do it at the end of the night and with your intentions, you call all your energy back to you. And then for your manifestation, you manifest that the next day is going to be a good day. Taking time out of your day to sit and listen and find, find a mu- uh, some music that works for you. Or if, if sitting silently works better for you too, do that. Find what works for you. But for me, having three songs, it's just a focused, targeted I'm going to take these three songs right here and I'm going to use them to my advantage. And in that, th- in, in that 15 minutes, I'm going to set my intentions for the day. And it usually does help to calm my anxiety. And if I set realistic expectations for myself in that second song, if my intentions are realistic and my boundaries are being respected, I'm going to have a much easier day than I would have had if I just allowed myself to go through the day stressing the fuck out without actually taking the time to examine how to calmly go through my day. I took time to control my emotions and I took time to be in control of myself. And in doing so, I took control of my day. When you're a trauma survivor, having control of a situation is an important thing. The only thing we can really have control over is ourselves. So when we take the time to control ourselves, control our emotions, we take control of the entire day ahead of us. And you know, sometimes I'll go the full nine and I'll light a candle and I'll do the sitting and the meditating and the whole thing with the three songs. Other times I'll listen to those three songs while I'm pacing back and forth because it's something I do and I can't sit still. Or I'll listen to them while I'm doing my makeup because I don't have enough time in the day to actually take that time for myself. But no matter what, I do need to take a moment to find peace throughout my day. And I found that music is an effective tool in directing the flow of my energy. Another effective tool we can use in directing the flow of our energy is movement. Everybody knows that exercise is good for you. Everybody knows that when you're depressed and when you're going through things, that exercise is one of the first things that a doctor recommends. And there's a good reason for that. 
when our bodies are moving, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's why yoga is always one of the first things people think of when they think of meditation. It's breathing, it's centered movement, it's slow and deliberate and calm, and it's meant to direct the flow of your energy. It's meant to direct your concentration. Using things like yoga or walking or any type of physical activity that you do to get into your zone allows you to escape into another place. I've talked about the cognitive daydreaming where you take a walk and you have your music and your path ahead of you and you just let go into your daydream. When your body is moving, you're distracted. Your body has something to do and your brain can actually start to process things in a different way. Not to mention the more you move, the more serotonin your body produces and the more adrenaline your body produces. These things all get your systems going and moving. And that helps you to get past the harder things. You can look at things at a different angle while you're moving. Another essential tool for meditation is anything artistic. Um, I like to draw. I like to wood burn. I like to paint. I'm not necessarily fantastic at any of these things, but I enjoy doing them. I like to sing. I like to dance. Putting yourself into something that makes you feel good, that, that creates something that turns on parts of your brain that you don't normally get to engage in, especially, you know, with this fast pace, go, go, go. We don't really get to engage in our artistic sides very often. When you're in a corporate world or in a very, you know, strict, sterile environment, it's very hard to express yourself and to express your emotions. Art is a way to express your feelings, express your emotions, and to interact with your own creativity and your own imagination. A big part of growing up is learning how to become a kid again. It's getting in touch with who we are. And a big part of healing is healing your inner child. Well, what is the first thing you do when you put a kid in therapy? You give them a piece of paper and a crayon and you let them draw. It's the same thing with grownups. We need to be expressing ourselves artistically. We need to be engaging our imagination. That is a huge part of who we are. And when we turn that off as we grow up so that we can get through our day-to-day lives, we forget who we are. That's why movies are so fun and because you get to escape into this world of fantasy or science fiction or, you know, espionage. You can do whatever you want and watch whatever you want. That's what art gives you an opportunity to do. It allows you to delve into a side of you that you don't get to tap into very often. But remember, each of us is a cloud. So many facets, different colors, different, you know, light textures and depths. If we're not exploring every single part of ourselves, we're missing out on a huge part of what it is to be human. Growing up, my favorite verse in the scripture was Adam fell that men might be. Men are that they might have joy. The purpose of our life was to come down here and learn how to experience joy. But you can't be happy all the time. You're supposed to experience the full range of emotions. That's part of what it is to be human. Having happiness all the time is an unrealistic expectation that we all set for ourselves. It's this goal that we're supposed to be happy all the time. But sunshine all the time is a desert. Rain all the time is too much too. Having a full range of emotions, having a full range of feelings, that's what it is to be a human being. And accepting that And realizing that that's just part of what it is to be here on this earth, what it is to be alive. That's a big part in accepting 
what's happened to us and allow it to, yes, it happened, but it's not going to define me because there are so many other parts of me yet to explore. We're spiritual beings having a human experience and remembering that and taking time to disconnect from the human experience to connect to the spiritual one. That's how we remind ourselves of where we come from and where we have to go. And that's the purpose of meditation. It's to connect to who we are, to get to know ourselves on the deeper levels that we haven't connected to in a really long time, and to get to know the parts of ourselves that we have yet to become. We get so lost in the expectations and opinions of others and our own opinions and expectations of what others think of us that we forget how incredible we are. You are an amazing spiritual being having a human experience. You are dynamic and there's so much to you that you have yet to get to know. Taking time to rest and to get to know who you are is an essential part of healing. And it's really something that we have to stop punishing ourselves for needing. We're allowed to be human. We're allowed to take a rest. So be compassionate to yourself today. Take a break. Look at your fuck budget and decide what's worth your fucks. Because you deserve to have a wonderful day.